Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Holy Ship. Today, we are going to be talking about emotional boundaries with Carissa Gold. Carissa has lived in New York City for two and a half years now and works as a freelance photographer. She loves to travel and loves a good cup of coffee. She's the middle child of five kids and grew up in Oklahoma, and she's one of my best friends from church. We actually met on the production team, so super fun. Welcome to the podcast, Carissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So yeah, just to get started, I think I wanted to like preface before we start talking about emotional boundaries that Mm -hmm. I suck at emotional boundaries (laughs) and I feel like in every relationship or like even on dates, I feel like I go 180, like at some points in my life, I will not share like literally anything about myself and other times I will definitely overshare. And the first day I'll be like, let's talk about childhood traumas. Um, Yeah. So I feel like it's a delicate balance and I have not figured it out yet. So that's fun. You know, it's a process. I don't think any of us have it fully figured out. That's true. You know, it's it's tough. Whenever I think about emotional boundaries, I just immediately think of The Bachelor and literally (laughs) how in every episode, like, I need you to be vulnerable with me. Yeah. The term like vulnerable, vulnerable. It like mm-hmm. yeah. drills it into our minds that we need to be on every date sharing our souls, our yeah. fears, our trauma, like everything we possibly can to emotionally connect on every mm-hmm. level as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. So that's what I think of when I think of emotional boundaries. I immediately think of The Bachelor. <laughs> No, Mm -hmm. that's honestly super fair. And I think it's kind of drilled in us because I think this, I mean, this comes in lots of different modes as well. Even like with the brand, we're not really strangers, which is such a fun and iconic Mm -hmm. game, but it asks really personal questions and it's a game for strangers, you know, and then they also have couples editions and stuff. And so the combination of that and, and The Bachelor, I feel like it kind of just trains us to forget what a privilege it is to share our story and Mm -hmm. for someone to receive that and hear that and we kind of treat our story as this thing that we can just throw around but it's you know our lives are sacred and it's okay to to treat it um preciously um and and you know wait until there's actually like a good amount of trust built before sharing a lot of things you know but we we tend to forget that at least I know I do I think yeah I feel like it is so often for I feel like it is pushed that we have to be vulnerable in order to make a connection. And like, you know, every time you're talking, you like learn something new. So that's like keeps mm-hmm. growing and growing. But I also think there's I'll say like levels of vulnerability. And I've started learning more about this and how to make healthy emotional boundaries through community groups at my church. We're like, we have like a huge community group and then like you're vulnerable to a certain extent there. But then we also have like core groups, which are like smaller groups of people where you're more vulnerable obviously you're not going to share like the deepest thing you like struggle with you know like in a huge group like in a small group of like people you trust it's like different and I think it kind of like changes in your relationships as well like as you get to know the person yeah and there's also going off of that it's like you don't want to have a surface level conversation Mm -hmm. either like you want that deep 
stuff to Mm -hmm. connect in some way. So like, what are, like, that's the point of this conversation is what is the boundary there so that you can have Mm -hmm. good, meaningful conversations, but at the same time, not give so much away emotionally where your foundation is, I don't want to use the word toxic, but just wrong. I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But we're curious to hear about you and what you think about emotional boundaries. And so Lydia, do you want me to go ahead and start asking? Yeah, um, go for it. All right. So first off, are you dating anyone right now? Um, And what is your experience with dating in the past um, in regards to this particular topic? Yeah, uh, great question. I am currently dating someone. We have been together, tomorrow will be a a year, uh, no, not tomorrow won't be a year, but a week from tomorrow will be a year. So it's been a hot minute now. Congrats. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, no, really exciting. But before that, I went on dates, but this is my first relationship relationship. I also, I know I was like listening to a couple of episodes that you guys have up, up on Spotify now. So you guys were talking about purity culture and stuff. I grew up, you know, like Lydia said, in Oklahoma. Uh, I was also homeschooled and, Woo! you know, in a Christian bubble. So you know, dating before moving here was just a little bit different than maybe it is for a lot of other people. But then moving here, went on a few dates my, in my first year living here, but nothing that really felt like I even really honestly wanted to share parts of my life. So I didn't really struggle with emotional boundaries there. But in now dating um, my boyfriend for almost a year now, there's definitely been times where I'm like, wait a second wow, it's really scary slash I don't know how much of my soul to bear to this man, you know, um, in some ways I want to share everything with him because I feel so safe with him um, and he's such a great guy. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, relationships are risky, you know, and you're until you're married, it's not, you know, there's no covenant there. And so to use a Christian word, but <laughs> it's that's you know it's real you know so it's kind of scary yeah I agree with that too (laughs) I'm I'm also dating someone and it's like um when you do trust someone or when you want to grow in a relationship you feel like you need to share more or to be so um just like emotionally tied with -hmm. another person um but that can also be like harmful in a few ways and I have I don't want to like go down a little rabbit trail unless Lydia you think it's okay but I just have a I just have a story to kind of like base emotional boundaries I love stories okay okay here all stories all right so with a previous um guy I was dating we were we were serious so it was like my first serious boyfriend Mm -hmm. and our first date, um, I met him when I was in a very like just bad place in my life. Like I was very insecure. I didn't have good friends. I didn't have mm-hmm. a church. I had just moved to the city. And when I met him, I remember my first date or our first date, 
it was just like a very emotionally charged first date. I was so insecure about myself. And like, I told him this, like, I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think I was smart or like worthy mm. of love and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like really um, self-deprecating. Yeah. And he just like completely just showered me with compliments and made me feel so good. And like at the time it was great because he picked me up out of this place of self-deprecation. Mm-hmm. But we started our relationship off with I needed him to fulfill me emotionally, to make me feel confident. And like, I shared all of this with him in hopes of getting out of that place, but I needed him and his affirmation to do that. Mm. Ultimately we didn't work out. And I think that's one of the big reasons is because Mm. it was so much so fast. Like it was a first date. Like, I think it's okay to become very like emotionally attached to a person as you progress. But I think setting these boundaries to start off with Mm -hmm. is pretty good because something like that, it's like, it's like a lot so soon and you're relying on another person to share your emotions Mm -hmm. um, when that's not the correct intent. So yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. a rabbit trail, but I think that's a good like example of where yeah. I'm coming no, that's, from. That's a great, you know, example of what happens when we don't set emotional boundaries. And that's what, I mean, that's, yeah, that's really, um, thanks for sharing that because I can definitely relate on certain levels for sure. So what boundaries have you set emotionally, like in your mind, are these something that like you think, about or do you verbally express this to your boyfriend um sure and then I'll I'll ask you as well Lydia because I'm curious oh gosh even though you're not like actively (laughs) dating someone but like past yeah yeah I mean okay so first relationship right and things things honestly I feel like started off really slow in all of the different manners which I think was really helpful I rush into things he does not and he just like has a really good pace of life and he kind of set that for us which I'm very thankful for and uh all that to say it wasn't until I guess I just I never really heard emotional boundaries talked about within the church slash really much at all And I think by nature of growing up in a very toxic purity culture-esque place and an atmosphere, we, you know, we're stressed the importance of physical boundaries, which are absolutely important. But with with that, we lost the importance of emotional boundaries Mm -hmm. as well and how, you know, falling in love with someone will tie your soul to them even if you haven't had sex with them you know that's still like that's a big attachment even if Mm -hmm. you know you guys ultimately break up and you start dating someone else like it's it takes a lot of processing and stuff might be maybe not the exact same consequences but it does have an impact and so I knew nothing about emotional boundaries and didn't really make it a priority in my mind of like oh you know what might happen if I share too much or start to like, kind of like what you were saying, Emma, depend on him too much for my emotional health. And unfortunately that definitely there was, 
there's something about like my family life that I opened up to him for the first time about seven months into our relationship and he received it the best he possibly could. And I was like psyched out of my mind and just felt so amazing that he received it so well and was so like supportive and like encouraging to me and stuff. And I think that kind of marked a moment in my subconscious of, oh, this, this person is going to be your, your refuge, your Mm -hmm. comfort, your security blanket. And so then for a couple months after that, I like subconsciously operated in the, in the point of him being my ultimate refuge. And I definitely placed him on a pedestal in that way. And it resulted in me realizing having a big emotional breakdown because um, as amazing as as, uh, my boyfriend is like, he just like we all are not perfect. Like he can't perfectly satisfy um, all of my insecurities with enough affirmation or all my fears with enough like confidence about, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so big emotional breakdown. And that was kind of when I realized, I think for me, emotional boundaries are less about how much I share and when, but like more about as I trust someone more, as I trust him more, of course, I will share more with him. And if he continues to receive that well, um, and you know, we pray about things and all this good stuff, like that is a God glorifying way to operate in relationship, at least from my perspective. But the emotional boundary comes in and it requires a lot of self-awareness and discernment, uh, which I definitely fail in a lot of time. But the, the emotional boundary comes in and realizing when it goes from, oh, he's supporting me to he is my support, period. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's like a little bit of a difference there. And I definitely have fallen into he is my support and going to him as my ultimate place of just emotional confidence and stability. And so I think since then, since I had a little bit of an emotional breakdown and texted one of my friends from church and I was like, help pray. And she was like, read Psalm 16. And now Psalm 16 has just kind of been the scripture that I've been speaking over my life. And so I think now that I've kind of had a little bit of that self-awareness moment, there's like, that's where the boundary kind of in my head, it's less verbalized and more just in my head of, I can start to recognize oh, it's not actually letting me down in this moment. He's just, I had an expectation of him instead of saying, you know, two nice things about me. I wanted him to say like five, or I wanted him to say this specific nice thing, but it's, he's not letting me down by not doing those things. I'm just putting my, my emotional satisfaction in him right now. And I need to like, stop doing that, stop projecting on him. And then I kind of try and reset. And so I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of like what emotional boundaries look like for me right now. Mm-hmm. And they're more so that's just how they kind of pop up in my head and how they were formed, but they definitely weren't formed at the beginning of my relationship. And I wish they would have been, but yeah, living, you learn. So so helpful for, oh, sorry, Lydia. Do you no, like you a, go. I was just saying so okay. good. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, like there's a lot of things to help, um, enforce emotional boundaries like internally and not to have to like mm-hmm. verbally because mm-hmm. it'd be kind of awkward to say to someone like oh I don't really want to tell you this because I don't want to get really emotionally <laughs> yeah, involved with yeah, you right yeah. now <laughs> right, right, um, right you know I think that there are good things to do like like you said having uh, a bible verse or chapter or book that um, you kind of lean upon to like keep yourself in check or um, to pray over when you're feeling mm-hmm. a certain way emotionally is important. But I also think having like someone that you go to 
yeah like a mentor or a friend mm-hmm. um to talk about those things to kind of keep you in check um as well no, and this sure. is this is kind of gonna go on another tangent and I feel like I'm talking a lot Lydia so if you want to <laughs> cut in please do yeah but like I have a tendency to in relationships start off very like emotionally strong like mm. uh, you know just like pour out all the you know heart and soul stuff in the beginning and that is like a way to kind of like hook people um because they are wanting that um so there's like I don't know what a good suggestion would be to people like me in Mm. a first date scenario or even um even like in the early parts of relationships uh, to like kind of, you know, be like, you know, it can wait, like all the hard stuff can wait until a few months. Um, The only thing I can say is maybe just like have that, that mentor um, and that like spiritual Mm -hmm. maturity, um, which I feel like I have more of now continuing to get more as I get older. Um, But yeah, anyways, Lydia, what is your, what is your take on having emotional boundaries? Do you express them verbally and like, how do you enforce them? Yeah. So I wouldn't say I've like necessarily ever expressed it verbally where I'm like, Hey, I'll only talk about X, Y, and Z. And like, if you want (laughs) to talk about these things, very off limits. Um, (laughs) Yeah. First date, we only talk about our favorite colors. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to hear about your family. Yeah. (laughs) But I think like, I like mentioned this earlier, but I've had several relationships where like, I was either like, I shared everything so fast and like, that's all we talked about. And then I had other ones where I wasn't sharing anything. And like, it was just kind of this, like, how do I Mm -hmm. balance these two extremes? And then was it like two relationships ago? I did this like fake vulnerability thing where (laughs) you share like enough things but like, it's not of like, I'll say like substance or like, you don't share the emotions behind what you're sharing. Mm. And then like, it seems like you're being vulnerable, but you're really not being vulnerable, but it like yeah. kind of like tides over that just because I didn't want to share anything, but I like, was like, oh, I have to be vulnerable in order to make this work. And like, I also think I was trying to trick myself and you know, that doesn't work really well. Um, but yeah. That's so interesting. Lydia, your case is so fascinating to me do you think that you do you think that you're more like emotionally open in the beginning if you're more interested in the guy or do you think it's just purely opposite of that I think if I like a guy I don't share things because I'm scared Mm -hmm. like if I'm vulnerable it'll scare them away I get that I get that I also think like I had one relationship I was in where I started like acting out because of a traumatic experience I had. And like, mm-hmm. I was just like triggered for a while. And like, yeah. honestly, I was being like a horrible person to him. And he was like getting angry and like upset because he didn't understand what was happening. And like, he finally asked me, he's like, why are you like acting like this? And I mm-hmm. knew why I was acting like that, but I wasn't ready to share that. But like mm-hmm. in order to like work through that and also like mm-hmm. me recognizing that my actions were not okay. Like, I did have to tell him that and like share that with him. And like, I mean, he was like great about it, but I do think there are certain things that you maybe don't have to share right away, but eventually yeah. like you do because of how it's affecting the relationship. For sure. Um, and yeah, I think I've gotten better as that 
at that as I'll say I'm like more self-aware and understand like why I'm doing certain things or why I don't want to talk about certain things. Mm. And I think like counseling has definitely (laughs) helped that a lot, but do you think that, oh, sorry, Chrissy, you go first. Oh yeah. Just real quick. (laughs) I was just going to say, I feel like you just made a really good point, Lydia, about the fact that once once you realized that that trauma was impacting the way that you were treating him and it was impacting the relationship, that was a sign it's time to start sharing that, you know, if it's, you know, he's a safe person to share that with, Mm -hmm. which I think is real. That's honestly, I think also a good way to kind of think about boundaries If this is, you know, you're thinking about starting to share something and you're like, okay, is this really, you can think to yourself, is this really something that's necessary for them to know right now? Mm -hmm. And if it's not necessary, you can still share it. Absolutely. But there will probably be times like for my example, I knew the things that were going on with my family were impacting my mood and they were impacting Mm -hmm. just my energy levels and all the different things and the amount that I was crying. And (laughs) so, you know, I I don't want to just start crying in the middle of our dinner and him be like, did I do something wrong? And I'm like, no, it's not you, you know? And so at that point, it's necessary to start sharing things. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when we're also on the opposite side, where maybe someone's not quite ready to share something, we also have to learn how to be respectful about that and understand that they're not, you know, it's okay for them to want some time to share something as you continue to you know earn their trust and stuff Mm -hmm. but of course if something from their side or from your side is starting to impact just the vibes of the relationship I feel like that's a good sign that it's it's a good time to open up about that thing and I feel like I almost wished and again I don't think I fully realized until like it was like you know a little too late there but I wish like as soon as I started like feeling that way and like I Mm -hmm. like recognize like a change in myself that I would have just like brought it up because I feel like I let it go on way too far without addressing anything. Yeah. We, we learn from that and we Mm -hmm. can make better decisions next time. Yeah, exactly. That was actually what I was going to say too, is do you think that it doesn't really matter like when you share, you know, as much as you, want to like on the first date or second date or two months, three months, seven months in, um, because of like, you think, Oh, I shouldn't, or does it matter where you are emotionally? And I think what Chris has said about like having external things that impact your relationship determine like what you need to share with, um, your significant other. And like, in my example, I shouldn't have shared all of my insecurities with my boyfriend at, at that time because I was relying on someone to mm. pick me up emotionally when I should have been relying on God, relying on friends or family <clears throat> or people um, or like therapy or something like that because sure. you don't want to completely unpack things on another person unless you both are in that walk of life together where you're like serious about doing that yeah for the long term Uh, and I think something Chris has said earlier too is like you know you can share all this with it with them but it's like how are you thinking like they're going to be and like what do you think they're going to be in that situation you know and Mm -hmm. like yeah I think it's less about like how much of or what you share of and more of like your expectations of the other person and yeah 
like how you see that playing out expectations are so important Mm -hmm. (laughs) communicated expectations (laughs) are so Uh important (laughs) and then recognizing when you have unspoken expectations Mm -hmm. so no one's actually doing like nothing's wrong you just have unspoken expectations is also important (laughs) oh my gosh isn't that that is so true (laughs) yeah (sighs) learned that one one too many times are there um expectations emotionally that should or shouldn't be expressed Mm. I'm trying to think of that one myself like like you share hey this is my emotional expectation of you or like do you think there should just be like a borderline like what are you asking sorry uh yeah um so like I guess like I'm just trying to think of some different situations um like at the same time you don't want them to play therapist right but I think like you like do you should you have expectations for someone to meet you where you are emotionally as well like if you share they should share as well type thing so I think that that is definitely an expectation I've had in the past and it's definitely a way that I have tried to manipulate friends and my partner mm-hmm. into sharing things. And that's yeah. like so wrong of me. Um, I think anytime I'm sharing something and I'm like, oh man, I hope someone, even if it's just a friend or like, you know, someone you're getting to know when whatever manner you're getting to know them, if you're sharing, I'm just gonna talk about myself. If I'm sharing something and then being like, oh, I hope they share about how their Mm -hmm. parents' relationship impacts the way that they view relationships. You know, like that's not a fair expectation for me to have because it's on me for sharing that. And it's it's not on me Mm -hmm. to like trick them into also sharing that. And like my boyfriend's really good at just sharing when he's ready to share and Mm -hmm. uh that was a learning curve for me of you know talking about one specific whatever and then being like interesting that he didn't share back because I'm realizing now that half the reason I shared that was because I wanted to hear his side Mm -hmm. but that's not fair of me to expect you know and of course like with some things at a certain point you can be more direct and say hey I've talked about you know my relationship with this struggle or my relationship with, you know, this aspect of whatever theology, but I haven't heard your, your viewpoint. And I would love to hear your viewpoint if you feel comfortable and ready to do it, but you have to kind of, you know, in a non manipulative or non forceful way, go into Mm -hmm. it. And so I feel like checking for me, I have to check my motives and sharing stuff sometimes because if it's, too large percentage because I am curious it's always well, yeah. okay to be curious about people you should be curious about the person you're dating or your friends but if it's more so like oh I hope they share this afterwards that's not really fair of me mm-hmm. to like trick someone into doing that you know yeah I totally agree I think my thoughts I guess on like emotional expectations I guess it's kind of only like one thing But I think like they should always just be like a safe spot to share things, but you don't necessarily like need them to share back or like Mm -hmm. they don't like, they shouldn't like have to handle it. You know what I mean? But like, they should always like receive it well. Yeah. You know, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of my only like thought on expectations because I do think it depends on people as well and what relationships do look like. 
just because I think some people are definitely more emotionally like open than other people and they're like fine with that Mm -hmm. they've worked through things so they are willing to share more and like some people aren't so yeah 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 I guess I'm curious next what do you think open communication looks like in a relationship and do you think that it's a good thing or a bad thing I love me some open communication (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) uh open communication and uh, like friendship too I don't know I I really appreciate my friendships where I can actually be like hey this thing bothered me or I want to do this thing blah 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 blah. but no yeah open communication in relationships are so important um and I think it's really essential in order to make sure that again expectations are communicated uh and then met if they are a fair expectation to have as well as making sure resentment doesn't build. And Viet and I, he, I think he heard this. He might've heard, he might've heard this on the podcast or honestly, I wouldn't be like a podcast or he might've come up with it himself. I don't, I don't remember, but he maybe pretty early on in a relationship, one or two months in was like, we, it, it was kind of around the time we had our first, you know, difficult conversation, not a fight, but just a little bit of a disagreement. And he was like, I heard about this thing called just a check-in. You can do it weekly or bi-weekly. And basically he was like, I would love to do this, like for us to do this to help our relationship flourish. Basically what it would look like is, you know, we could, you know, take, you know, cut out however long in our day and take turns first affirming each other and saying, Hey, in the last, we do it bi-weekly. So hey, in the last two weeks, like you did this, or you have been supporting me in this way, or you really met me in this moment. And I like really appreciated it. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, And then after you're done with the affirming side of things, if there's anything that is bothering us, or something that I think a lot of time for me, it's like something that I just want clarity on or Mm -hmm. something. And it's just I don't feel sometimes you don't want to bring up hard things, you know, just at random times, but this kind of forces us to be like, Hey, I want clarity on this. Um, Or if there's something like an area that we feel like we could, you know, would really appreciate it if like the other served us more in or like, Hey, I feel really loved when you do this. I would love, like you did this last week once or, you know, last month. And I really felt loved when you did it. I would really appreciate it if you did it more. Like if you were Mm -hmm. just thinking about ways which it sounds weird to just be like hey love me in these ways but it's actually been probably something that's kept our relationship as healthy as it is at this point Mm -hmm. and so it kind of honestly it's like something I really look forward to every time we do it and sometimes the conversations are definitely difficult but we always leave the conversations being so thankful that we did it and it just makes things you know when things live in our head and I, I think this is why like not having open communication is really detrimental because when things just live in our head and they aren't brought out, um, it just festers and things get blown out of proportion and people's motives get questioned and all of Mm -hmm. those different things. And so I think having open communication in whatever way that looks like with you and your partner is really essential in order for expectations to be talked about and then met if they're fair expectations. And then also, like for resentment to not build and also for you to just better understand the other and how you can love them well, because ultimately, you know, if we're in a Christ centered relationship, it should bring us so much joy and it should be our goal to want to 
you know, love each other and serve each other in every way that we can. So yeah, yeah that's kind of like what I think about it and what it looks like in, in my relationship. Do you think then that you can like overly communicate where it's like a detrimental mm. thing or like you bring up things that do bother you, but maybe are like something that's like, oh my gosh, they're self-conscious about that maybe you shouldn't have brought up because it caused more harm. That's so real. What a good question. <laughs> um, yes. And has that happened? For sure. And I think every time we've, there's probably more so like I've brought up things that I've ended up just realizing, actually, I didn't need to feel more loved or Mm -hmm. served in this way. I just had an insecurity and I didn't realize it until I said it out loud. And this kind of goes back to, I think a lot of the time I honestly regret because they all truly do, you know, end up being good conversations where we learn more about each about each other. But I kind of just wish I wouldn't have brought it up. A lot of times that happens when I either one act too quickly on something that I want to bring up or like don't talk to, like Emma said, a trusted friend or mentor Mm -hmm. or just someone who can speak into our life. And so talking, there have been certain times where I've gone to um, a friend and been like, hey, I feel like I want to bring this up, but I can't quite tell if Mm -hmm. this is just actually a me problem or if it's an us problem. And I have one friend that I especially trust with this type of stuff. And there have been times where she's like, no, yeah, I do think you should bring that up. And, but mm, the way you framed it wasn't great. And it kind of puts the blame on him when it's not really necessarily all his fault. So maybe, you know, let's frame it in this way. And so that's been super helpful. And I think in the times that I have brought up things that weren't actually issues or kind of made a problem where there wasn't one, Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely been a learning curve and I'm still in that process. So I'm not able to really say oh here's Mm -hmm. the line but I I do get discipled by someone and I was talking to her about this and I'm gonna find in my notes the scripture it's Proverbs 19 11 okay give me two seconds guys (laughs) I was talking (laughs) to her she's married and I love her relationship and I just wanted to hear more things about how I'm like, how do you not make issues where there aren't ones? Or is it mm-hmm. like, because, you know, I don't want resentment to build. And sometimes there have been things that I haven't shared. And then eventually, four months later, ends up coming up again. And I'm like, dang it, if I would have talked about this before, mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't have been an issue. But then I definitely make issues when when there shouldn't be one. And so she was talked to me about or told, encouraged me to like meditate on Proverbs 1911, which says, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Hmm. And when she said that, I was like, that's really good. And I think that kind of encapsulates how I want to, and what I'm working towards in deciding what to bring up and what not to of good sense makes one slow to anger. And so having good sense, slowing down, making sure I'm not acting out of quick frustration or agitation or annoyance or, you know, insecurity. And then really taking a second to pray and discern, is this something that I can overlook? And I mean, truly overlook, not overlook for now and then bring up four months later when I'm annoyed Mm -hmm. by it again. But is this something that I can genuinely be like, oh, he didn't, you know, this didn't actually bother me or I'm just acting out of a place of insecurity or he didn't do anything wrong or whatever. And I was only shared this. She, my disciple shared this with me like two weeks ago. So it's still very much so in the process for me right now, but I, I'm definitely really excited about 
and thankful for this piece of advice because I think it's going to be really helpful for for me in juggling what to share and what not to. Yeah, I love that so much. I also don't think I've ever heard that before. Which the, it's a the solid, scripture. Yeah, it's a solid yeah. piece of advice. It's a good one. Too, so. It's a good one. She did say, she did say she was like, she, she goes, she goes, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I've heard this, um, and she grew up in Nebraska, so mm-hmm. also kind of like, you know, purity culture, Midwest vibes. Um, she was like, it has sometimes often been used for people to kind of be silenced, which mm-hmm. is not good. And I'm actually glad that you, because she said it is, it is on the, the one who is offended to decide mm-hmm. if it is an offense that can be overlooked. It is not yeah. a scripture for me to use and be like, via, I understand that I hurt you, but like, really, you should overlook this offense because mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Like if I'm the offender, offender, yeah, I, I don't get to determine whether or mm-hmm. not it's something that can be overlooked. But if I've been, you know, offended, whatever that means, yeah. I, I can have the ability to discern, is this something I can mm-hmm. let go? Then I should do that. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Solid, solid advice that, and also the, um, the biweekly check-in. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, two pieces of advice that I want to start implementing in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Now I want to be in a relationship so I can do the (laughs) check-in. That's amazing. I love it. Subliminally. Hey, we're going to check in this week. (laughs) Yeah. We're also going to check in like in two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've also seen that on TikTok where couples are like, how we've gone a year without fighting. You know what I, I mean? saw, no, I saw it too. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's making its rounds in the zeitgeist mm-hmm. these days. Well, thank you so much, Carissa, for joining us on this week's episode. We hope that everyone enjoyed this conversation on emotional boundaries. We just really think emotional boundaries are so important and really wanted to highlight that in our series on boundaries. So we hope that there was just even one thing that you guys were able to take out of this conversation. And we'll be opening up an Instagram dialogue about this as well, just to hear everyone's thoughts and experiences on this. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can either DM us at theholyship.podcast or email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. So we can't wait for you to hear next week's episode. Have a great week.